Hi everybody, Ken Krog and Tom Harrison here. We've got our dear friend Clay Olson. He's the co-founder of Fight the New Drug and several other pretty exciting projects coming online. Clay, thanks for joining us Thanks today. for having me, absolutely. It's great to have you here, Clay. Yeah, thanks. You know, we've, we've interacted, um, you know, Tom's been involved with Operation Underground Railroad now for over a year. We've been helping a little bit with some of the social media strategies and and we've been out on the web looking at um, a lot of the organizations that we're interacting with. And you guys, you're gigantic. I mean, you've got a huge community that you've built together. You're going on almost 10 years now? Almost 10 years. Yeah. Wow. That's wonderful. Phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, we're fine. I mean, our goal is to pull together a community that explores God centered mental health. Yeah. And, and the name of it is Eternal Core. Uh, but boy, you guys have sort of set the standard for how to do it, especially among the millennial generation. Can you talk a little bit for us a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, about uh, fighting the drug yeah, or how, how the it, millennial generation. Yeah, and your vision, how this came together. You know, we we were college students, and so when we talk about like the millennial generation, it wasn't necessarily this. You weren't thinking this, that. Yeah, we weren't <laughs> thinking like how do we capture them. It was more like how do we capture our peers? Yeah. How do we talk to people? You know, uh, address this subject that is just so such a, a dominant challenge, uh, uh, you know, among our peers and our friends and our generation, and and we're thinking of like uh, how can we, uh, you know, change the conversation of, about this and 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 provide hope and, and healing for those that are struggling and and, uh, and and help people connect in real authentic ways and. And, and, and also fight for those that don't have voices and, and that, don't, that are being victimized. And so it really uh, it started back in, in school um, when uh, a few buddies and myself were, were talking about ambitions that we wanted to achieve and accomplish. And one of these individuals said, you know, it would be cool, and just kind of throwing it out there, he said, wouldn't it be cool to do a, uh, an anti-porn billboard? And we were just like, what? And it was so left field idea and concept, and we were like, but it kind of sparked something uh, in our, and, and previously, um, in you know, years ago, before, prior to that, uh, uh, my own cousin who had struggled with a, a, a struggle and a compulsion to pornography for years, he actually had uh, led him to need more and more often in a more extreme version, and he actually en ended up acting out in a way that was. Not only inappropriate, but very illegal, and he went to prison. And so, wow. It, wow. when when he you know recommended that, it was kind of like, now hold on, there might there might be something to that. Uh, you know, it's so you know controversial. It's so you know not popular to talk about. But but what if we could? What if we could actually create something that actually not only connected with our peers, but but you know, in, uh, inspired them to, to join a community, to be a part of something, to, to be a part of a solution, and, and help shift a dialogue and a culture in a more positive and a, and, and a healthy way. I, I mean, that was just kind of a challenge. And so we were young and naive, and that was our strongest suit at the time. You know, we, we were just kind of like, why not? And I think that that's, uh, luckily we didn't have more experience, otherwise we'd have walked <laughs> <Yeah>. away. <laughs> well, what were we thinking? <laughs> yeah. So we just went. We just went, not knowing how to create a nonprofit, not knowing exactly what, who we were and what we were going to do. We just kind of, you know, jumped in. So basically you plowed with hope. Yeah. You, know? you just went busy and said, 
Well, maybe maybe we'll grow some crop here. Yeah, know? I mean, we, we didn't know anything. We, we went door to door asking for money because, you know, we had never done a nonprofit. We didn't have any funding. We kinda, By the way, which doors did you go to? I'm going to go there myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently you need uh, permits, so don't okay. do it. We so didn't have any. Okay. Yeah, so we, permits. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently we were doing it illegally, but... Uh, and we didn't. I think we got uh, maybe grand total of twenty bucks off yeah. of the door. It, we were nothing. We were just okay. you know brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. And, and finally, we were kind of going to throw in the towel because here we were. We were a few college students, and uh, we wanted to do something not only uh, around a topic that was pretty taboo and controversial, but yeah. but also we wanted to do it in a way that that nobody. There was no precedent. There was no kind of like like this or like that. Like it was really difficult to get donors to kind of catch the vision with a bunch of kids that had no any sort of traction or background. Um, but you did So have, thank you for being our precedent. Because, yeah. Because yeah. we can thank say, you. Now they've we can, done it, they we can do it. the deep snow. Yeah, thank but, you. But, but in fairness, you did have some pretty innovative background with, with agency work. And yeah, I had work. started a creative agency, so uh, yeah. I had a, a team of people I was working with at the time. We had clients I've seen all some over. Of your work. It's good stuff. Yeah, well, I thank you. Yeah. Uh, so it, I had, uh, you know, my background was in the creative world and, and creating stuff. So I looked at this and saying, hey, you know, couldn't we do something using, you know, the assets and skills that we had acquired and couldn't we do something? So um, I, I, there was a little bit of that background, but we were still yeah. totally coming into to a world that we had no, uh, no idea what we were doing. Um, well, two million followers later. Five, three now. Three million. Whoa, just, yeah. Just, yeah that was yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, wow, it's like almost 10 years, right? And you've Yes. You built some I mean, it was, you know, people, uh, you know, sometimes I run into people and say, like, oh, yeah, fighting a drug. Like, you guys have been around for like a couple of years now, like, thinking that we're just this overnight kind of explosion. Yeah, and I'm like, like, you have no idea. <laughs> you know, this, is, this has been in the works for a long time. And yeah. for many years, we were kind of just petering along. And, and there's been growth every year. But um, I remember. You know, when we finally did get funding and we convinced somebody to take a chance on us, yeah. uh, you know, Roger Boyer from the Boyer Company in, in, in Salt Lake City, um, you know, we, we worked with him for six months trying to convince that, that we had an idea that was worth funding. And he gave us uh, enough for me to, to leave my agency. I told my partners I was, I was moving on. And it was a, not a popular decision among my wife and others. They were kind of thinking, what are Whoa. you thinking? <clears throat> but uh, we, we did it. We moved on. And it was just me at the time. And, uh, um, and we, I didn't know who we were or what, what, uh, you know, what direction we were going to go. I, you know, I, I was like sitting there typing at a computer by myself, like kind of like our mission statement. Like, you know, we were just figuring ourselves out. And I got a phone call. And it was a a school counselor in a school, you know, uh, probably uh, a couple hours away from us. And uh, I answered the phone, and he's like, is this Fight the New Drug? And this is the first time I'd ever received a phone call from Fight I was like, oh, yes, it is. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, uh, I heard, do you do school presentations? We had never done a school presentation ever. And I, I said, absolutely, we do. <laughs> uh, and he goes, could you come at this date? And I, and I said, absolutely. So I hung up the phone, and I was like, what have I just done? And so at that point, we had to just figure out, like, what, what were we going to tell these high school students that was, you know, school-appropriate? Yeah. But how were we going to, to present it in a way that was going to connect and, and get them kind of uh, excited about uh, the movement? Because we were really trying to create a movement, even though at the time we were, we were nothing of the sort. Um, 
and I'm, I, I've said this in the past, but I'm sure glad that there was no cameras at that first presentation because, <laughs> uh, you know, it was, a, it was a rough road. But uh, now you're in countries all be, over the world. Yeah, because of that, we got another and another and another. And now we do uh, hundreds every year. We have present, presenters all over not only the country, but uh, around the world. We have presenters in, in, in Spain and in, uh, Trinidad and Guatemala and one uh, training right now uh, getting certified in New Zealand. Um, wow. And we have presenters all over. So, you know, we've been able to kind of grow and, and, um, and the demand for this, you know, some understanding and some awareness around this topic is just so needed. And it's so high, the demand is so high that, uh, um, you know, we don't do any sort of soliciting of, of that our own. It, that all of the just presenters that, that, that are, you know, inquiries that come to us. So um, it kind of tells you just how, how uh, need. Uh, how much people are desperate for yeah you've hit for answers on this yeah well and and I've been uh, you know I've been watching and studying sort of what you guys have uh, have been doing and you know it's interesting because there's been some research about the uh, I'm back to the millennial generation for a minute but I understand that on 57.8 percent almost 60 percent of the millennials have left the religious organization they grew up with. Now I know Fight the New Drug has had to take a pretty strict <coughs> stance on where you're gonna put your focus. And, and it's not religious-based, it's, it's more research-based. But can you talk about that for a minute? And then I wanna go into this, this, this path I wanted to go down yeah. with the millennials, but. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Fight the New Drug is not a religiously-based organization. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have any sort of political association or affiliation yeah, either. You, so you, you don't lobby, you don't. No, uh, you know, we're not trying to pass bills. We're not trying to take away people's right to view pornography. We're trying to educate so that people have uh, an, an, you know, uh, you know, an educated, uh, you know, the ability to make an educated decision on the topic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Fight the New Drug, uh, you know, as far as the, you know, the staff and the team that, that does everything, we have individuals that uh, have no faith at all, uh, different faiths and different religions, and uh, or are you know um, agnostic to, to to faith. So it's a it's a mix of individuals that come together, kind of check those things at the door because yeah. we were presenting this more as a public health concern rather than a morality um, rightly so issue. And so you know we're focused on science, facts, and personal accounts. And uh, we, uh, all the content that we generate uh, um, is centered around uh, those aspects. And so, um, you know, individuals within the organization definitely have strong belief systems, but uh, uh, the, the organization itself is... is Your chart is pretty of, clear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's clear. It's now, you've, you've just come that. out with some really exciting new messaging around mind, heart, and world. Talk about that. I was I was blown away how cool that was. Yeah. So uh, for a lot of work. years now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I for, say just. I don't. Come I don't out. want to tell you the actual amount of time we spent on it because it's <laughs> embarrassing. But uh, for for many years now, we've been working on a three part uh, docu series, a documentary series, uh, that uh, um, focuses on the three main pillars of of harm or risk mm. that pornography provides. So brain, heart, world. Episode one focuses on the brain looking into and analyzing the neurological impacts uh, of pornography to individuals. Uh, episode two focuses on relationships, and, and uh, so it's called the heart. So it focuses on connection relationships. And number three, uh, episode three focuses on society. So it's, uh, it's uh, focusing on uh, the larger contributions to challenges that we face as a culture. 
and uh, it's done in a way that isn't that dark room with the illuminated screen on the face where it's kind of like very shameless. It's very light. It's very, in fact, uh, Tom, you were at the, the screening that we did. It's wonderful. So we got to get rid of these dark curtains is what you're telling no, us. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> we'll saying that. that. You know, these the, dark suits, Tom. What well, for thinking? a long time when people would kind of come out and talk about their story, it was like, you know, changed voice, dark, you know, dark, you know, sh yeah. shaded face because there was so much shame yeah. center right. surrounding this subject. And, and, you know, one of the focuses at Fighting Drugs is we try to just alleviate that. We try to kind of say, look, this is a, sh a challenge that, is, that we're facing as a culture. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's, let's remove shame. Let's not, you know, you're not a bad person for struggling with this or, or viewing this content. It's like, uh, you know, we need to provide hope and we need to provide support and we need to provide um, love uh, to those that are, that are in, that, in, that, uh, in that challenge and struggle. Um, you know, very different than, than you know, mm -hmm. what a lot of people experience. And so um, the, this documentary series, each one is a half hour long um, and uh, with an accompanying discussion guide. So, it, you know, it, people can, you know, uh, re use these uh, in school systems and church groups or, or even at home. I just got my, um, just, uh, my mother called me the other day and she said that she was at the mechanics uh, getting her car fixed and, and the person at the register said, are, she recognized the name, said, are you, are you Clay Olson's mom? And she said, well, yeah, that's, that's my son. And she goes, and then she just went off on, on how she had used the, the, the documentary series to, and sat down with her, her son and, and they watched them together and they discussed it. And she said, we, got, we talked about things that would, we would have never been able to talk about. And she was like tearing up and expressing her gratitude for, for this series. And, um, and and, and, and that, that was kind of like this, you know, that's exactly what we were kind of hoping yeah. for, the, you know, to Beautiful. provide some tools um, uh, in, in a fun, dynamic, high production value way that, that would really uh, analyze the, the research, analyze the stories and the connection to help people, again, have a more educated view. We flew to Germany to uh, interview um, experts. We flew to Japan, to the UK, we went all over searching for stories, we were searching for the, the leading experts on these topics so that we could kind of encapsulate that in a, in a powerful way that would connect with youth and educate them. And so we're excited about that, yeah. that resource. The excitement at those was so contagious. I mean, there were people that were so excited. My wife couldn't stop talking about it because she said, now this is the way to present this. And where could people come to look at those? Where, yeah. where can you find those? So brainheartworld.org is, uh, is where um, all of the, those three episodes are going to be found. Uh, and you can find them off the website, fightthenewdrug.org uh, as well. But brainheartworld.org is where you can kind of okay. go and, and take a look at it, watch the trailers, watch the three episodes. Great, wonderful. Well, back to my other pathway I wanted to go down. You know, the, um, I've been watching some of the research particularly about the millennials and how uh, they've, they've really lost trust in a lot of the organizations, religious, governmental. And the, the study that I saw showed 57.8% have left the religion or the church they grew up in. And then it compared the methodologies that different religious organizations were, were using to try and invite them back or, or retain them. And and I found most organizations were about the same. They were losing about the same. One group stood out. 
the Christian evangelicals. And I just take my hat off because they've got it figured out. And so we sat back and just sort of on my own time, we spent a lot of time talking to folks, looking at the things that they've done. And it was so enlightening because it goes right down the path you've figured out as well. They, they, they focused on Christian music. And they found that the Christian rock especially was something that they could, they could add value. They didn't, they didn't um, you know, try and have a supplemental. They had a focus on Christian music. They, the Christian movie industry was the second big platform that, that, that's huge. And that's a big market. I know Sony Pictures just bought one of their big studios. And, but the third was right down the path you run. They, 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 they took a lot of time in the research checking with the academics and the scholars, but they took a totally different approach than everybody else, including you know, us here in Utah. Um, but they said, look, we'll get entrepreneurs and youth ministers on campus face to face. So we're gonna take the research, but we're gonna simplify and, and, and bring it in, and we're gonna get face to face and work with the kids, work with the young people, and address the hard questions. And, and their retention of their young people is dramatically better. So you're, I'm, I'm blown away that you've sort of gone the same path. You said, we've got to get face-to-face -face on the campuses. And tell us a little bit about some of that interaction. What does it look like? What did you find you had to do to really make the impact in the schools to assist them with this problem? Yeah, I mean, we have a mantra uh, at Fight the Drug that's make it cool first and informative second. Ah. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's so much of the reception of content information is the packaging it comes in. And, and so everything from who's, who's speaking to the, the materials that they're, they're using to, you know, the design that it comes in is, is critical. And, and the research is showing that. In fact, um, and it's dual-sided. It's not only the packaging. It's not only kind of like is it, is it you know does it connect with millennials or, or the younger generations? But you just mentioned something earlier as well. It's like they did a lot of research. They leaned on research. So when we um, when we started, we started looking at some of the research around trust. And you're talking about trust in institutions, right? Yes. And they've been studying trust since the early '70s. And they have found that this rising generation now is the least trusting generation since they started measuring this trust. Why? Uh, and it's, well, partly it's because we, where you live in the information age, right? Information is at our fingertips. We can, yeah. you, you say you something. You check out everything you want. Yeah, you, you tell me something and I say, eh, I'm going to check. And, and you're like, ah, oh, darn it, Google. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, and, and so there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's, there's so, uh, so little trust in, in politics, there's so little trust in, in you know, religious institutions, there's so little trust culturally in general. But among the few things that these, uh, these younger generations do trust, um, when, when it came to kind of the hierarchy of what they trust, uh, among the top things was science and research. Um, so we, uh, you know, have really focused on kind of like, let, let's... Let's provide them the information. The, the, because I said so, well, that hasn't worked for, forever, but it for sure doesn't work today because I said sure so. Right? And so. In fact, it backfires. Yeah, it often does. And so we need, to, we need to come to the table with information. We need to come in, uh, to the table with, with facts and evidence um, and, and research. And so, by, and, and, and a lot of that content, as you guys both well know, is, 
is hard to read, it's heavy, it's kind of, I don't get what they're even saying, and not, you know, no millennial is going to get through uh, you know, re reading research. So we take the research that's coming out of institutions like Yale, like Carnegie Mellon, like uh, um, uh, in the institutions in the UK and in, in, in Japan and all over, just major institutions, and uh, we, we take those, the, those research articles and then we package it, we, we uh, glean from it, we package it in a way that's going to connect with young people. And so we're using the facts and evidence, but packaging it in a way that connects with them and that um, has, has opened up uh, an entire uh, world of adoption uh, to, and kind of uh, opened up the road for individuals to kind of join um, you know, uh, a movement around a topic that's pretty taboo and controversial, but, but because of the way it's packaged, they're coming, you know, a lot of people are, are opening their eyes to that. That's awesome. One of our earlier episodes, we talked about some research Tom did back in the late 80s, early 90s uh, with a graduate student that actually helped launch what we're doing today. At my former company, InsideSales.com, the single biggest thing we ever did was a research study we did with MIT. And we call it research marketing. If you don't have the facts based on, on the research, you don't have the credibility. You know, you've been moving down that path of research for a long time, and, you, and, you, and you're no longer just a speaking organization, and, but you've started bringing, building some technology, which is exciting for me to hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you being the tech guy, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, what happened was that, you know, we were going out, we were speaking, we were connecting with people, and uh, we were getting emails uh, from people, um, some as young as eight years old, wow. uh, saying things like, hey, I love the mission, I love the message, I'm on board, but I need help, what do you got? And, and you know, reading an article uh, about the, the research um, you know, isn't helping me on the recovery path, on the healing right. side. And, uh, <clears throat> and we're like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine. That's, that's not what we do, and so we, you know, would list a bunch of uh, uh, options, organizations, great organizations, organizations that that focus and have specialities and, and certifications on uh, helping people overcome compulsion, addiction, uh, all these types of things, and uh, and they weren't going uh, for uh, a few kind of key reasons. Uh, one, they were very geographically, uh, you know, yeah. focused, and so like a lot of times there just wasn't support in their particular area. Two, a lot of these individuals were younger than 18 and therefore did not have a, a credit card. Right. Or um, money. Right. Or, or any sort of yeah. type, way to pay for these because these aren't charities free. These, these are you know, organizations that, that you have to pay for the services. And three, um, they didn't have parental consent. And so even if they uh, could get the money from a parent, it would require them to open up about these Tell struggles. And, and that was a Mount Everest they were unwilling to climb. And so what we found, at first it was you know, a handful, then it was hundreds, then thousands, then tens of thousands of emails coming in saying, help, 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 help. And we were like, what do we do? And we were trying to work with these different organizations saying, what can you do? And they're saying, we can't do anything without parental consent. Without we can't do anything. Wow. And so that kind of put us in a position where we're saying, okay, that's not good enough. You know, this whole idea of like, stay in your dark corner until the problem gets worse. And then when you turn 18 and you have a credit card, then come talk to us. Mm -hmm. You know, that wasn't an option. We were kind of uncovering an entire uh, market of, of people struggling that nobody was was really 
you know, uh, aware of uh, uh, that, that was even there. And so uh, our focus was at first fo helping these young people that didn't have options. You know, when it came to the adults, we were thinking, well, they, they have some options and we can point them in directions. But when it came to the youth, they didn't have any. So we, our focus was there in the beginning. And we started to develop internally to, to Pfizer and Drug uh, a tool called Fortify. And uh, uh, Fortify was, it's an online experience. It was free for youth. Uh, we knew that even if it cost a penny, it would, it would be a block that they couldn't right. uh, surpass. So it's free for youth. They could get in. They could, get, uh, they could learn you know, practical strategies. They could understand uh, some, some pathways out. They can, they can connect with others on their same path and, and, have, uh, and, and relate, people that relate to their own challenges right. and struggles. And then they could kind of track their behaviors and see patterns that would allow them to, to ultimately find long-lasting right. uh, freedom. So... We, we created this tool, Fortify, and, and you know, got uh, upwards, uh, over 100,000 users in over 150 countries um, <sighs> without putting really a penny into marketing. It was just kind of this explosion of, oh, of adoption need. because the, of the need. And, uh, and then we started to recognize that, uh, that uh, what we had created, the architecture and infrastructure of what we had created technologically, the same concept of learn, connect, and track mm -hmm. really would apply to a variety of struggles. And so we then released a, a separate product called Turn for substance abuse and those dealing with chemical dependency. And uh, you know, under that same framework with new content and curriculum that we had worked with professionals to help um, build that out. And then we released recently a tool called Lift, which is focused on depression and anxiety. Uh, and anxiety, so uh, so you know to help people on that same journey and that same mm. path of, of healing, mm. uh, and and so between those tools and and we have uh, plans to kind of expand that uh, uh, that ecosystem and uh, into other categories and areas, but uh, really on a mission uh, to to support individuals that are dealing with compulsion, mental mental health mm. issues and provide them easy, convenient, affordable, supplemental support tool that, right. they can, that, that can help them in pre-therapy, throughout therapy, or in aftercare, whatever stage of, of the recovery process they're in, it can be this, this tool that supplements and supports and complements whatever else Now that's a separate organization, with. isn't it? Yeah, so, so once we had kind of built this, we had realized that within the nonprofit, we had realized that we'd created a software company, and, and as you know, that's a, it's a, it takes quite a bit to That's run a software company. That's why this hair is all gray. Yeah. It takes <laughs> quite a bit of, of resources. It takes quite a bit. And, and to take it to the next level where we expanded into other categories, we knew that it, uh, we needed to separate it from the nonprofit. So we gathered investors uh, together and we purchased the, the software out from the nonprofit into a separate entity and are running that separately. And that's called Impact Collective. Clay, as a mental health, excuse me. <clears throat> As a mental health professional, I used to see these individuals come into the office and they were just surrounded by gloom and darkness and they felt so bad. But when I would refer them to fight the new drug and to fortify and to watching these things, I saw a change in their demeanor. Mm. I saw them coming in with a sense of, I have a community. Mm. I, have, I have people that have struggled with this and, and I can compare myself, but also I can trust in that community. And I saw that they started coming in with new countenance and with new sense of purpose, and also with the commitment that 
now that I've learned, I can help. I can help, <clears throat> excuse me, I can help other people move past this. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate <clears throat> you sharing that. I, we, we um, there, there's such a, a, a level of, um, uh, I, I go to sleep very happy at night because, because of the knowledge of, of the fact that, you know, we're, we're helping people. Uh -huh. um, and uh, I, I and we, we well, and we you're see, empowering people to help other people. Yeah, we, we see incredible. the messages coming in uh, of individuals that are first struggling. In fact, um, I, I don't have it with me, but we just received. Uh, you know, last night I was I was preparing some um, some things for an, another project, but uh, came across one of our uh, teen applicants. Uh, so the the teenager that was writing in, and he talked about in this message. Uh, he talked about the fact that uh, he had been struggling, 17 years old, struggling for years, um, and and uh, he had felt uh, he he's a part of a religious community. He felt that he had he had taken advantage of, of God's mercy because um, he would he would promise to 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 abstain and stay away, and then he'd fall right back in. And, and they come in with this this desperation, kind of like, please help. And as they engage with the community, right. as they find that connection, as they start to learn the patterns of their own behaviors and start to find you know, pathways uh, to, to, to break the cycle right. of compulsion and addiction, there's an enormous amount of hope right. that comes in, and, right. and and then they turn around and want to give that right back to right. other people and say, it's possible, it's real, yeah. and uh, it's it's so satisfying to to uh, see kind of that transformation right. as individuals uh, really get the support and community that they need. Mm -hmm. And when we look at addiction, you know, Tom, you know this better than anybody that uh, when we look at um, addiction or compulsion. Um, that uh, really it, it boils down to uh, oftentimes a deficit in, in one of three relationships. Right. A, a relationship with self, um, a relationship with others, uh, close mm -hmm. relationships, and a relationship with a higher power. Right. In many cases, for a lot of religious individuals, God. And, and if, if we can heal those relationships, right. those three relationships, those compulsions and addictions start to, to go by the wayside. Right. If we can focus on really bolstering and fortifying, to use that term, right. those relationships, uh, we see phenomenal progression. And that's where you see the change in mental health, too. They feel so alone, and they feel like they are caught in this hell, or this dysfunction, or this illness. And then when you give them those three components, they start moving out of that, and they see themselves differently, and they see the world differently, and no longer does that compulsion have that same structural control or grasp on them, and they can move forward and move out of it. it you know, it's, all of your programs are based on such good, solid information that moves people. And, you know, we within Eternal Core have those same beliefs and yeah. those same structures to create a community we don't have as cool of t-shirts yet. That's right. <laughs> right. That's Nor sure. cool of people <laughs> wearing the <laughs> t-shirts. No, you guys are plenty Because cool. cool is always the yeah. first thing. You know, I'm still wearing the, uh, no, no, no. the business suit. But, you know, the importance of creating that wonderful community. And, and you know, I joked earlier that, you know, we've used you. We, we know you did it, so we believe we can do it, you know. 
you've done the plowing and you've created the wonderful fruit that has come from that plowing. And so we're we're moving our tractors directly behind you and continuing <laughs> to plow with yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, to the I have to tell a story that was so funny. You know, uh, Tom's been actively helping Tim Ballard and the Operation Underground Railroad team help children recover in the aftercare side of things yeah. after you know, he retired from his practice. And, um, and, and he gets lots of cool stuff. You know, they, they, OUR has some pretty neat, I mean, Navy SEALs and Green Berets yeah. and pretty cool t-shirts, all that stuff. So out of the blue, my, my son, who's a bit of a power lifter, I mean, he's, he's pretty buff. And I show up one day, he's got an OUR t-shirt on. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, how'd you find it? He said, dad, this is cool. And then, literally just last week, we're up at, you know, we're up at uh, the holidays in Idaho, and he takes off his jacket, and there's a, a fight the new drug. I mean, like, <laughs> where'd you find that? You know? And he says, Dad, this is cool. This is, this is how it works. So, so whatever you're doing is working. Yeah, it's well, pretty powerful. You guys can improve upon it, I'm sure. <laughs> but they align with it. They're not just wearing a T-shirt. They align with it, and so... It's an identity. It, it, it creates... It, an up, you know, the, an increase in their idea of if I'm aligning with this, then I better be a good emissary. Mm. Then I, I better walk the walk and talk the talk. And I love that about Fight the New Drug because I'm seeing it everywhere. You know, I, I go into Costco and there are these millennials with these Fight the New Drug or, yeah. you know, T-shirts. And you can tell they wear it with pride. It's not just cool. Yeah. They're saying, I believe in this. And they're willing to say, I've struggled with this or I'm behind this and join the community. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be an example of this yeah. structure. I, one of my favorite things is to when I do see somebody, I'm, I'm out and uh, wherever I am. It, and, and it's happened to me all over the country, actually, where we've yeah. run and, you know, randomly seen somebody wearing a T-shirt and, uh, and one of my favorite things to do is just walk up to them. You know, they don't know who I am, and so mm -hmm. I just walk up to them and say, "Hey, cool shirt," and they're like, "Oh, hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that." And yeah. I just walk away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, cool shirt, man. Awesome. And then they will they will go home and look at your web page and no. go, "That Whoa. guy sure he looked guy. like this guy." <laughs> uh, oh. Well, I, we appreciate so much you coming today. We appreciate what you've done. You've created an amazing community of healing and of growth. And raising that standard, it, it, it's, it's just so wonderful to, oh, to be with you and chat with you. Do we have any parting? Uh, yeah, darn it, we're out of time. But hey, I want to keep tugging on that thread. Maybe another episode Yeah, about, about your technology and this research. Um, and you've been bragging about some of your team members who really know this stuff. Maybe Oh yeah. what would you, a recommendation? We could get some, someone else back here with yes, your team. Yes, uh, I would recommend. Who, who, who'd be? I'd recommend you talking to Jacob Hess. Okay. Jacob Hess is, uh, has done so much work uh, in the field of, of healing and, uh, and has uh, with, with depression, anxiety, and all types of different addictions. And having, uh, you know, you guys will have a lot to talk about, I'm sure. So uh, definitely get him on the show. We'll do that. We'll do that. You're, you're probably connected. Yeah. <laughs> you can make it happen. Yeah. Okay. So all that we've talked about, you can find more online. Uh, Fight the new drug, Fortify, uh, you know. Joinfortify.com. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much more out there. We sure appreciate having Clay Olson with us today, and we appreciate you joining us today. Thanks, Clay. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.